Previously on The Crown, we addressed the Aberfan disaster where a small mining community was affected by an avalanche of, of waste that, that took many lives. And the Queen was criticized for not taking action more quickly. And the episode spent a lot of time talking about whether or not the Queen could emote. So, knowing now what we know from last week, let's move forward. What's going to happen this week on The Crown? Let's find out on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Lifestyle, the rich and the famous, they're always complaining, always complaining. If money is such a problem, well, they got mansions, think we should rob them. And we're back. That we are, Dave. That we are. Yeah. Corey, what'd you call your grandma? What what did I I never knew my grandma. Okay, so you didn't call her Bubikins? No, I no, I've I've never met either of my grandparents. Well well yeah. Four, you got <laughs> so, four of them. I got four of them? Oh that's well, right, I do, but that's how that's how it works. <laughs> uh no, my my uh my granddad died on my mother's side in nineteen fifty or nineteen sixty one. He died in nineteen sixty one. <laughs> my my grandma on my mom's side died in 1981. Granddad on my dad's side died in the 70s. And grandma, she never wanted to actually know me, and she died like a few years ago. <laughs> For all the listeners who just turned and in, welcome, there you go. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> That's the Lord my and Grantham podcast. Uh, Dave, what's what's your uh, relationship with your grandparents? Um, uh, It was good. good. Uh, I just lost my eldest grandparent this year. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't have bubakins, but we uh, since my grandparents didn't want to be grandma and grandpa and grandma and grandpa, my maternal grandmother was always Granny, which is a Dowany kind of name. Uh, pretty down always, the line, yeah. They always call the Dowager Granny. Mm-hmm. Now, bubakin is not what in this episode that we're about to discuss on The Crown, season three, episode four, what Phil called his grandma. It's what she called him. Yes. Well, I was just going with pet names. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I don't have any pet names uh, for my grandparents. I, I never knew them, although I've heard good things. That's. I, I mean, that's better than bad things. I, I, it just blows my mind when I think of it, because my mom was older when she, I mean, don't want to get into all the ages and everything, but it just blows my mind to think that, you know, people have great granddads who were born like in the 50s or 60s. My great granddad on my dad's side was born 1890 or 18. Wow. Well, I know, I, I know on my mom's side, because my her dad was 50 when he had her. My mom was 39 when she had me. So that's about a 90 year stretch right there. <laughs> so my great granddad was born in 1851, I think, on my mom's side. I know that much. It's just, it, that, <laughs> it's like it's 2020. So that's 170 years ago. You just go back three generations. You're already there at my great grandparent. Uh, and I'm a young guy. So <laughs> you are? Relatively. Aren't we all? So, Dave. The listeners did not come here to listen to us talk about her grandparents. They want to hear about Downton and the Crown. Indeed. Uh, more more probably for the Crown because that's what the name of the episode will be listed on, on our podcast. But mm-hmm. we got news to get to that multiple listeners told us about th- this past week. Okay. Drop the ball. Well, as we mentioned last week on the, the podcast, Dominic West is joining the cast of uh, the Crown. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been 
caught in a bit of an affair with uh, Lily uh, James, uh, Lady Rose <laughs> from Down Abbey. Oh, they, boy. They, they're filming something off somewhere, uh, and they are caught kissing. Things took a bit of a turn, though, when it was revealed that Dominic West has not broken up with his, uh, I think, his wife. Um, oh, no, McNulty. <laughs> yeah, no. And so Lily uh, James canceled interviews afterwards out of embarrassment. Uh, she she stopped promoting the movie Rebecca because she didn't want to be asked about this or anything. And apparently she's just been a, in, a, in a state uh, because <laughs> McNulty openly cheated and uh, he... he Got away from it with it for the most part. Apparently, I, you know, I, I was joking. Who was it? Our listener, uh, Vicky, and our listener. Uh, Who's the other listener? Les Lisa. Another. Uh, I think her name was Lisa. My phone's not working right now. Uh, thank you for for tipping us off to this. Um, this is real life drama. Uh, I, you know, it's the, it's our worlds colliding. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote it off to them, and this is probably the easiest joke to make. It's just make uh, you know Dominic West doing research for the role of Prince Charles, you know, who who famously oh. cheated. So this is really what he's doing in real life is just cheating <laughs> for the role. It's all all prep work. It wasn't enough being on uh, the affair, uh, nope, you know, and, not enough cheating on on uh, the wire on, on his girlfriend and stuff. Uh, no, he had to do it in real life. So you know, hats off to Dominic West on life imitating art. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and, I feel uh, for I feel for Lily James because she's what she's our age, like thirty one, thirty two. What are you doing with Dominic West? <laughs> like, did you that's get the, Maldi, I mean, man? He's he's got the he's got the swag. He's like fifty. She was spotted like a month or two ago with Chris Evans. That seems like it's more in line with someone of you know who looks like no, her. Yeah. Now it's like that's a. I mean, to be caught with him then, and then he's cheating. Like, what are you doing, Lily James? And she was with Matt Smith. You want to tie it over even more? She was dating Matt Smith before all this began. Our own Prince Phil. <laughs> well, you know, we she likes, she's a big fan of the crown. <laughs> she's a big fan of the crown. That explains it. She, she knew Dominic West was spoken for, but she was like, you're going to be on the crown? I love men who are on the crown. Uh, she's going to be with Glithgow next week. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, <laughs> the guy who plays Wilson might get a, a, a DM. Keep your, keep your eyes open. Oh, you mean Wilson? <laughs> yeah, the actor who plays him. Yeah, uh, so well, let's get into uh, <laughs> best wishes, Lily James. Is all yeah, I'm say. yeah. And, and but Dominic if, West, if you're looking you know, for like, a good time, hey, I'm here in the city. I'm single. Just, sure. Just come when you come through. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, get tested. <laughs> yeah, that first. I don't want to come near you unless you're tested. Uh, Bubakin. Uh, what's this episode, Dave? Bubakins. Bubakin. <laughs> what are we watching? The freaking Teletubbies. What? What is this? It's Muzzy. Yeah. Hello, Muzzy. Uh, not familiar with that. Uh, what's going on with this episode, Dave? So it starts with a, a convent in, in Athens in 1967. Uh-huh. And we just see some some little meek little nun trying to come to terms with the fact that it's time to close this place down. Yeah, they're running low on funds. Uh, they don't have money for the roof. They barely have enough money for medication. Uh, they can't they, turn these people away because they're nuns. Right. <laughs> they do, they have a, jo- a job to do. Uh, and we don't know who this person is. We don't know why we're seeing this. Uh, it's it's there's, your classic crown red shirt. <laughs> yeah, what is going on here? Throw you into a place that's not London and then make you guess what's going on. <laughs> Sounds like last week, but this one doesn't have quite as a 
bleak of an outcome. Right, and, and there's a whole battle or, or uh, riots going on outside and stuff, right? Like, Yeah, well, we see this nun go to a, uh, a drawer mm-hmm. and pull out some gem, and she goes to a jeweler, and the jeweler's Sapphire. like... The jeweler's like, eh, I don't know about this. And she's like, she's it's like, legit. Like, Come to me when you've got a pr- You know, everybody's got a price for yeah, the million-dollar t- nun. Yeah, he, he takes a second look, and he's like, oh, th- oh this is real. You know, he's 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 he's, he's got it, and she's like... I know. Uh, and we get a, a fun tag on that where the police come to investigate the convent because I think he assumes that she either stole or there's something off there. Mm-hmm. But then the reveal is, oh, no, she's not just any old nun. Who is she, Dave? She's Mama Phil. Yeah, she is the mother to Prince Phil. Did not see this one coming. I did not expect her to be a, a nun. Neither did I. Neither did I. <laughs> I mean, on the, on the list of things, did you expect her to be? What would were? What else do you expect her to be? Actually, then though. I mean, I guess a nun does make sense given the circumstances, but I've never sat with the circumstances. Right. I, I mean, the only thing I thought I recall was she had appeared at the wedding, and it was like some kind of minor plot point earlier in the series where, like, oh, Phil's mom is at the wedding. What's she doing here? Why is she here? And mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect it to be a nun showing up, though. Uh, who knew? Uh, history though, though though does show that she only converted in 1949 after he got married, or she started wearing it. So that would track why she would maybe show up at that wedding. Not yeah, as a, that's a uh, that, that that does track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, we're we're keeping close tabs on, on the family members and where they're at in their times and lives over the show. Hey, we're letting the kayfabe narrate what we know is going on. Sure, yeah, we're, yes. we kind of are the target audience in a weird way because we're like we're dumb. We're like hey. <laughs> Cool. Britain, you don't say. Wait, your daughter's like 17 now? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. But yeah. Stateside, so, we have a, a visitor. We do. And <laughs> I mean, who, who, who is he, Dave? It's, it's, it's Bubakins himself. It's Phil. He, he is in invaded America. Yeah, there's no um, there's no philatology the way that Margaret had a, a a swarm of of pop culture people interested in her. There's mm-hmm. it's just boring old Phil. Yeah, he he's on a on a talk show, and they it's pretty much us asking Phil questions like, "How come you aren't king, dude?" Well, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, and he seems to be like, "No, oh, this is a normal interview," and then they start saying, "Well, you know, dude, wh- your family what's with the has pay? Got- you guys haven't gotten a raise in 15 years. He's like, dude, I know. Let me tell you all about it. Tell us. We want to know more about your wages like, over I, there, dude. I got to give up polo. <laughs> I might have to so, move to another, you know, we're going to have to, we sold our yacht. It feels like it's totally bogus, dude. No way. <laughs> yes way. <laughs> uh, so that's Phil. He, he's uh, just doing the rounds on the interview circuit, but there is a British journalist who happens to be in America. Yeah, yeah. good old crown red shirt. <laughs> I love this trope that, or cliche that the crown has. They're like, we don't know how to explain away this plot div- this plot thing or whatever. All right, well, insert some journalist who happens to be there at the right time and place to <laughs> explain. This is the exact same thing that happened with the, the queen seeming out of touch mm-hmm. last season. Right. It, it, it's always right on time <laughs> to, to report on something. Yeah, it's like a guy, he, he he's doing something, and then he turns around and sees this interview, and then he gets on the phone and he goes, I know I'm here to report on the Muhammad Ali fight, mm-hmm. but 
but you're never going to believe what just happened. Yeah, yeah. And what does he report on? He just reports on what he saw on the TV that everyone else could see. Uh, I guess because Britain doesn't get access to it, you know, that that makes waves over there. That's Is, is that like, that's not fake news, but that's just like, he retweeted. Yeah, I mean, it's the lazy kind of journalism we see everywhere today. Like, so-and-so said this on Twitter, on Instagram. It's like, is that really news? I could just look that up if I want to. Thanks for giving me the the headline about such and such. I don't I don't care. That's not mm-hmm. news. <laughs> um I'll, I'll praise those people. They got to earn a living some way. So, you know, good to those journalists who do that anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, and those no actors shame. that get paid for a one episode bit on the crown. Like Exactly. Hey, good for you. Get your money. So, yeah, he's he's taking notes and uh he he wants this to be the front page and yeah, uh, everyone's a famous, uh, you know, or cliche thing that the crown does. Smash cut to everyone reading the newspaper, like, huh? And and a nice cross cut between uh, Wilson trying to remain level headed, mm-hmm. while his constituents and, and peers are tearing into the royalty, saying, you know, yeah. it's time time to get rid of them altogether. Yeah. Uh, because the look of it all is just isn't good. They have, they have no right to complain, you know. Uh, the, the the weird thing though is, <laughs> if this was based on truth, it didn't seem to me when they show Phil in that interview that he's necessarily complaining much about it. He's just kind of humoring the Americans in the, a, a little bit, a little bit with, yeah, you know, we haven't gotten money uh, raised in a few years and stuff like that. It's not like he's like making a scene of it, but I can only imagine how this guy took it and ran away with it, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, and and. Well, I, w- I would uh, I would say you know like if Phil didn't mean that, but then we see behind the scenes, mm-hmm. he fully believes that he should be getting a raise in pay. Oh, yeah, I mean that that's Phil for you. <laughs> he wa- he wants the money. He says he said you know this needs a robust response, and we deserve to be paid properly. And then he brings mm-hmm. up Margaret. He said Margaret went and sealed this deal that that Wilson couldn't, that the politicians couldn't, that this alcoholic Helena Bonham Carter just you know. Yeah, got all this money from LBJ, but Elizabeth does uh, bring up the point. She did two days of actual work, and it costs thirty thousand pounds. Which, yeah, I, I can see how it doesn't <laughs> quite work out there in the math <laughs> of this whole trip that she had across America. Well, you know, they got what? How many million from America? I think it works out. That's that's fair. That is fair. Uh, but so Phil turns on the mi- microphone. He 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 senses that. We need something to rehabilitate the image here somehow. They're, they're, people don't like that they're just complaining about being rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's asking for Sweetie around the house on the intercom. And we're like, who, who, who is, who, 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 who is Sweetie? It's, we, prin- we, it's Princess Anne. Well, yes. <laughs> well, we, we see a tracking shot of some legs walking in first. And it's like, well, wait, who is this walking? Is it is it Elizabeth? Elizabeth, nope. we we know from last season was complaining about her her cankles and the size of them. That can, that can't be Elizabeth. I'm not trying to be make make this sound. That probably sounds in bad taste. But they made a point of it on the show, okay? Mm-hmm. So we know it ain't Elizabeth who she's asking for when he says "sweetie." We know it's got to be someone. And yes, as Dave said, it's Princess Anne. Princess Anne, who looks to be about 17. <laughs> yeah, who actually kind of looks a lot like the real Princess Anne at that that point in time. If you look her up. And she um, is she is a charisma magnet. I thought she was so like spot on in this role. Really? Yeah, I was super impressed. 
I thought she was okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I I, I thought the car- she she outright calls Phil a reptile. <laughs> I mean, call it like you see it. That that that's the truth. He of it. is a reptilian. Is. We've been over this. <laughs> I know we've said this much. He is reptilian. Um, it's kind of just funny though, considering how little we saw them as kids to all of a sudden be introduced to Princess Anne. It's like, wait, who? Which one? She had a daughter at one point. Oh, okay. Well, that's why okay. we, she gets a grand introduction. <laughs> this is like a Royal Rumble countdown. We're going, sweetie. Yeah, ten, sweetie, nine, sweetie. Eight. <laughs> it's Princess oh, it's, Anne. Oh, by oh. God, she's here. <laughs> oh, by God. Uh, so, yeah, he wants people to uh, feel like they know them, to not villainize them. So he wants to participate in a thing shown on TV. That is Phil's gr- grand idea. Yeah, and he said that they want to be, they want to seem reliable and, and real, like a pair of long-lasting boots. Yeah, it's part of a, a new public relations initiative, and he, he feels like she could be the center of this kind of like you know this vivacious young person who's relatable to all the kids out there and stuff. And she she is very cutting, you know, like she's very yes mm-hmm. yes yes, kind of meeting him at the end of every sentence. Like she well, is full of energy. And also kind of kind of like a kid too, where it's just like yeah, I don't want to deal with you. Yes yes yes, get me get me out of this room. He's like, and it pays. Cool, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's funny, though, because when Phil takes it to the family, he has to explain what a documentary is and, and tells him, like, you know, it's like those things they do on animals. It's like, it's wild well, and, to and think we that. we are the endangered species. Is what Margaret says. Yeah, uh, that's her quip. Well, thank, uh, thankfully, we have esteemed filmmaker Tony Armstrong Jones to, to uh, jazz hands his way through this. Well, he's kind of subdued. He's not really jazz handsing anymore. He's barely in there. I didn't even recognize him. Um I, I, yeah, I didn't even realize he was in this. He's like this episode. They say a documentary, and he and Phil just goes, "Tony, take it from here." Yeah, but it's just funny to think that back in 1967, they were unfamiliar with what a documentary may be. It's like I think enough of those were around at that point where people knew what a, a documentary was. I mean, maybe you, not the, the Queen Mother, but that's about it. I mean. You'd think she would know. Uh, the acclaimed uh, Seven Up series started in 1964. You know that whole one following British kids every seven years. Mm-hmm. You'd think they'd have some. They wouldn't need to explain. But okay, sure, fine, I'll go with it. Uh, just, just believe. You know, live it, live in the kayfabe. Mm-hmm. So Phil essentially wants to prove out that they are worth every penny. You know. <laughs> the, yeah, they're they're real people, and they they do good in the the democracy. You know, the monarchy has a place in the democracy. Mm-hmm. What he doesn't realize, though, is uh, there's about to be an unexpected guest coming to the house. Oh, he's not a fan. It's Mama, Grandma. Yeah, the mother-in-law. Uh, things are not going mother-in-law. Well in it's his ma. I mean, uh, Elizabeth's mother-in-law. Pardon me, but it is it's his mama. Uh, yeah, they show things are, are are shaky over there. For her safety, they need to bring her in uh, to England, um, to the UK. So they're 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 bringing him home. They're bringing her home mm-hmm. uh, because that military coup is about to go down. Uh, but the thing is, Phil is like, no, <laughs> we got cameras going everywhere. You can't, you can't. Like, I don't care. Like, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> it's your mom, dude. You can't just leave her over there. <laughs> like, what kind of son are you? Uh, I mean, we see what kind of mother the queen mother is. These people aren't built to be parents. Yeah, and, and we understand Phil is a bit unsentimental. You know, he he doesn't really 
have the emotions <laughs> that you need to, to, for caring about people. And we see, I do feel like this is a uh, toned down version of seasons one and two, Phil. Like he is, I got a vibe of Matt Smith here. Yeah. Not, yeah. not great. It's not a duplication, but it is an aged up version of it, I think. He communicates so much by just giving a side-eyed look, you know, mm-hmm. that, that yep, what that's... Matt Smith would do. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, but he, he, you know, he, he stresses, like, she's not of this world. She's been in institutions. So he, the answer is no. He doesn't want her around. And we keep seeing this flashback of sort of their last time really interacting, which is when she was taken away against her will. Mm-hmm. And we see why he do, he's not so fond of his mother. And it, it kind of makes sense. He's afraid to own up to those traumatic memories. It's not yeah. unrealistic. No. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth says, whatever. She goes to talk to Martin and, like, bring her over. She's part of the family. I don't give a damn what Phil says. I'm the queen. <laughs> Again, flex. Real nice flex. Mm-hmm. And she comes over, right, Dave? Yeah, and the the film crew kind of catches her when she's looking for a light because she can't smoke her cigarettes. She smokes like a chimney in this episode. And they start filming her, and Philip sees it from the window, and he's like, no, 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 stop, stop, mm-hmm. stop this. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like he's looking out the window, and he it's weird because he has the window open, and it's almost like he's like standing there contemplating like suicide. Like He looks really disturbed by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And... We see a couple shots of them making this documentary, and everyone is really not into making being on camera. The TV sequences is mm-hmm. as as um. I, no, I had a quote on mine, but it's it's the essence of Princess Margaret is just emanating through this scene. She does not want to be. This is fake. This this is this is not a documentary. This is a film. This is all staged. That's not what they do at night. She said, "Give me yeah. a drink." <laughs> yeah uh and that's the only way to get through sometimes you know yeah uh, so uh yeah she's asking for uh she's asking for where phil is you know where's bubbikins where, where, where is he where's bubbikins and people do not know who the hell she is talking about well liz and Anne do mm-hmm. and, and they sit her down they're like Yes, we'll, we'll take care of that. Okay, just just stay, hang tight. And then we have the ultimate uh, tropey grandparent grandchild scene, mm-hmm. where Elizabeth finds Princess Anne talking to Princess Alice, Grandma, yeah. about, um, and she's like, "You'll never believe the stories Grandmother told me." It's like it happens in every show, right? That involves <laughs> a long lost grandparent involved. Have you seen Daddy's Home Two with John Lithgow? Happens in that. Really? Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen both Daddy's Home. <laughs> what? Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Princess Alice, uh, Phil's mom tells a story to Princess Anne, and she's amazed. And, uh, Dave, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. I, I forgot to bring it up earlier. Do you recognize who Princess Alice is? Who Who the F is Alice? It, it, <laughs> it's another Downton crossover, baby. It is Princess Irina Kerrigan. That ah. is Phil's mom. She is she is Miss Kurgan, who whom Kurgan oh, ran yes. out on all those years ago, <laughs> or wow. was evading. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where she's been. She's just been hiding out in Athens that whole time. Maybe that's what was going on. Who knows? Hey, she has same an age character. Day. <laughs> Not a day at all. Uh, so there you go. More down for you, people. And a lot of uh, a lot of um, 
Gregson. Gregson? This, yeah. It's funny because when they say we need to get Alice over here to save her, they send Martin Chaterners over there to go get her. It's like, I think they could have sent other people instead of Martin's over there. I'm sure he had more important stuff to do than go fetch uh, he had to cash Phil's his check. mom. He had to show up. He had a per contract basis, you know? I guess he had some so. creative control over his character. He booked himself in that part. <laughs> yeah, I need a free trip to Athens, folks. Okay, yeah, Netflix money. Send them there. Send them there. <laughs> So this documentary uh, comes out, and mm-hmm. we even get a little scene where, where Martin and uh, Adeen get doted on, and you see we see this cross cut of people sort of watching the documentary, and when it shows those two, they're the happiest little boys in the room. They're like, "That's yeah. me." They're they're getting a moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny though, because do we mention though the camera people when they notice that the the grandma's around, they were like wait, who's that around? They want to get a picture of her. You know, they, yeah, and that's when Prince Philip is like, no, stop. Yeah, right, all right. Uh, yeah, sorry if I already mentioned that. That's that just like, man, good times. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, really, do we even need to recover? There's a lot of this episode just Phil saying, like, stop patronizing him. She's his mother, but that's it about it. She wasn't there for him as a mother. <laughs> he doesn't want to deal with her. He, he kind of stresses this like two or three times in the episode, you know? Yeah, yeah. And her convent needs a 200 pounds of, for a roof and 200, 300 pounds for medicine. And Elizabeth is like, we can make that happen. Uh, yeah, and is like, I can probably just like, they suggest selling a clock. She's like, you got enough clocks on these walls? Take one down. And, and you know she's getting one over on Elizabeth when she's like, we can just donate something, you know? We can just do that. And Elizabeth is like, yeah, we can. <laughs> I don't know about that. And we get the classic, you know, old person, like, confusion joke of like, well, we can go do a sale, Elizabeth says. And she walks out and the grandma's like, huh? what <laughs> classic old people just don't understand you know anything nope but yeah as you're saying though dave the nation watches this documentary wilson takes a big gulp as he's watching it and and what do they think of it it's the same response as this prince phil interview it's it's boring it's it's banal new depths of banality yeah it, it doesn't place the family at the heart of national affection as they hoped it's just Stripping away uh, all the ceremony and mystery. They they look normal. But they really don't look normal because it's still like just rich people. They're not like extraordinary people at all. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. what's Phil's response to this? Uh, Well, he, he wants to position Anne uh, <laughs> again for, for an interview, right? Yeah, I thought he wanted to position Anne in the beginning to be like the star of this documentary. Yeah, that's what but I thought nope, too. nope. Nope, not quite. Uh, but Wilson has explained to Elizabeth, he likes to think he understands television and, and how it works, and that maybe perhaps the royal family just isn't ready for it. He's trying to break it to her, like, this isn't... Because Elizabeth, it doesn't quite get across to her that this isn't a good look, that, you know, the documentary didn't play as well as they expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to tell her, you know... What, what did she say? She, they're, they're not ready for n- normal people, you know? And, and he's like, well, you're not normal. As much as you want to think you're normal, Elizabeth, you're not. No. But we get a great speech from, from Elizabeth here where she's like, no human is ideal. Only God is ideal. Hence why she'd rather be hidden away. But they have to be in full view, so they rely on ritual and mystery to keep them hidden while in plain sight. Wow. So, 
smoke and mirrors are there to not keep them apart, but to keep them alive. I think she's a little stressing it though. I don't think the smoke and mirrors is there to keep them alive exactly. She she uh, seems to have she she can cut a promo when she's got something to motivate her. When she wants to talk, figure out why she can't cry, she'll tell you. Mm-hmm. She wants to tell you why she's a normal person, she'll tell you. But she can't just own up to the fact that uh, privilege. Yeah, pretty much. So, so who, uh, who gets to come interview Princess Anne? So that interviewee, uh, the guy who's been slandering them in The Guardian the whole time, he, he he's the one who's invited, which... Why is it always also with the crown? And I, I don't think it crosses over real life where it's just like, oh, this person who's been uh, trashing them is the one they need to bring in. You know, that, that's how they get them. They'll, they'll win them over. It's always got to go straight to the person who's... who's uh, it's pro wrestling. Them. It's like I need a tag team partner. Who's it gonna be? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, my enemy. Exactly. Every time. Every time. Come on, dude. You trash me in the newspaper. Let's let's work together. You're perfect for this. Uh, but Anne does not want to be part of this. She uh she wants to hide uh, from it, and she kind of forcefully pushes uh Grandma into a in a room by herself. Did you get that impression? Because I got the impression that that the the interviewer just kind of catches Princess Alice and is like, "Whoa, now this here's the money." Well, no, well she's looking, she's wandering around a room, and he sees she's over there, and it's Martin Chaterra says, "What are you doing here?" And he says, "I'm here to interview Princess Anne," and he's like, "No, she's sick," and then he's like, "Well, what about that woman in there?" And Martin Chaterra is just like, "I don't, I mean, uh, oh, that's the grandma." So he, no, you, no, I guess oh. you can. He's like, "Can I talk to her?" Yes, you can talk to her. Dang it. <laughs> Martin is clearly like, man, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this. But uh, no, quite the opposite. No, he finds out she's got stories to tell. Go figure. Old people have stories to tell. Yeah, now imagine you go into a room with a little old lady and she's like, oh, yeah, Sigmund Freud gave me electroshock therapy. <laughs> yeah, and she's just smoking cigs inside Buckingham Palace, which is a rare sight, I'm sure, back in those days. Well, I don't know. I mean, the king did die of lung cancer. I'm pretty sure it was a common that, That's site. true. <laughs> yeah, that is accurate. Um, but she explains she was born deaf, and rather than people try to understand her, you know, they just diagnosed her with schizophrenia and uh, sent her to a mental asylum. Yeah, and, you, and, and Sigmund Freud himself treated her. Yeah. I mean, you almost start to wonder, like – how much uh how did she even ha- end up having Phil if she was this branded as this crazy person the whole time who did she meet to make Phil happen you know well I guess Phil's that dad. evil father yeah that um that Nazi the, the stern father that he was so it's, it's odd that he would cross paths with her and then it would all work out hmm. anyways I mean it's true to life she, I mean it really did didn't have... all work out because she was a an a anonymous in a convent for years yeah that's true uh, but I mean, Phil kind of blames it on her when it really wasn't even her fault, you know. A lot of this, and and we see this nice sequence with Phil and her when Phil sort of owns up to his him, his past and by reading this article, it's, it's kind of sweet. Yeah, he, he recognizes. Wait a second, she's a person who could have been there for me, and it just things didn't fall the way they should have, you know, for our relationship. Uh. You know, he calls her treatment to her, uh, he calls her treatment to her barbaric. He, he seems to finally understand now what was done to her. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a lot more forgiving. Um, yeah, and I I never got the impression that he like hated her. He was always afraid of those memories, it, kind of childhood trauma more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, she asks him how his faith is, and he says, dormant. And she says, what? And he says, dormant. What? Dormant. <laughs> and it goes on like that for five minutes. And then it, like, Seinfeld theme plays, and that's how it ends. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. Um, but you kind of get a sense that maybe she's going to reconnect him a little bit with his Christianity and, and bring him closer to God. And, and they, she asks him to go for a walk out in the, in the lawn, and we see Elizabeth spotting them going for a walk, and it's, it's pretty sweet. It is very, it is sweet. It ends on a very sweet note. Yeah, but not before the queen says she'd rather not have the documentary documentary be seen by anyone ever again anywhere. Yeah, and that's they're like, that. oh, CBS wants to pay top dollar, and she goes, no, no, mm-hmm. no, it's not gonna happen. Uh-uh. It's like Stay. the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, we never see it again until YouTube came along. <laughs> um, so that was pretty much the episode, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah, more or less. That was a good episode. It was fun. Yeah, it was uh it was a, a lot to to chew on. It was and it was very well paced. Earned its 59 minutes, I thought. Yeah, we're inching back up to the full hour. We're back at the hour. Uh Yeah, it was it was a good episode. It was a good turn from Aberfan uh last week. Definitely was, a nice upper for once. Yeah. But uh, Dave, what of this episode do you think was inaccurate or didn't happen? The to- I want to guess the timeline. Yeah. It's completely, completely sideways. So, of course, that journalist never existed. None of that ever happened with that journalist or any of that. None of the red uh, shirts were real? <laughs> not, I mean, him? No, not not at all. Uh, so, the royal family, the name of the docu- that was the name of the documentary, it was shot over 18 months, and it aired in June 1969. The tone-deaf comments that he made were only after the reality special aired in November of 1969. Okay. So it wasn't even a trigger for them to have that. And the stuff in uh, Greece is 67. Right. So the grandma wasn't showing up at the inconvenient time of when this was all going down exactly. You know, I guess if they shot for 18 months, maybe, but no. Uh, and also the show debuted to rave reviews and the people actually loved it. <laughs> uh, so it, was huh. not, it, it wasn't like it went over uneasy with people. So they just completely made that up for an entire scene with Wilson telling Elizabeth, like, you're different again, week after week. Uh it's true that the thing hasn't aired since then. Um, there was an art exhibit in 2011 where they showed like 90 seconds of a clip from it. And, and there's like a, a clip online you can find of them asking Phil how he feels about the Beatles. And he, and he says, I don't know about the, their characters, but they make marvelous tunes. Because I think he was referencing that they were having the drugs at the time, but couldn't deny their music. Uh, and really the Queen's uh, choice for it not really being in sight anymore is she felt it kind of cheapened themselves and that's why it hasn't been seen since like it, it made them seem too common too normal you know okay. in her point of view which is fair which yeah. is a better reason than like oh you come across as hoity-toity and then you know spoiled or whatever or just unrelatable <laughs> well that's an interesting th- couple things to botch i mean i don't know if it's a botch so much as like Who's going to check my math? And he just re-scrambles everything just to make some story happen. I mean, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. I think altogether it works because of the Phil narrative, mm-hmm. which was a good one to, to tackle, even if you fabricated like you know a good portion of the foundation of the story. And I think that that we haven't really seen Phil be a sort of innovator the way that he was in the inaugur- inauguration, the crowning, or whatever it was early in the show. Mm-hmm. Philip is kind of on the on the on the edge with with technology and with the people. Like he seems to be underrated in that regard. So, yeah, you know, yeah, nice, nice try, nice try, Phil. 
Well, let's get to the rankings, huh? Sure. Who do you got going down? I got Queen Elizabeth at number three. Okay. The, the monarchy just doesn't come across well in, in the documentary that, that they show, and uh, just, you know, bad takes all around for the, the family. They all they take it on the lip and doesn't really improve from there, you know? Mm-hmm. I got Princess Anne. Okay. They they put her in position to be the star of this documentary. Turns out she's just a featured player. Mm-hmm. Then they put her in the, the, the seat to take this interview and become the sort of relatable, young, vibrant person. Nope. Kind of disappears, drops the ball. It's on her. You think she's really dropping the ball or so much as choosing to drop the ball? Doesn't matter. It's a bad look. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, number two, I got the merchant. He, he didn't believe that the <laughs> sapphire was real, and he missed his chance to actually cash in and get it. <laughs> so you played Another yourself, great merchant. great red shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of great red shirts, I got the filmmakers at number two. <laughs> Okay. They spent 18 months making a documentary about the royal family for it to air once and never air again. Mm-hmm. It's like, did it happen? Yeah. You know? That's a bad... It, it stinks. And we see the queen is emphatically like, no, 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 not airing again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that because number one for me is the documentary is number one. <laughs> that, that That is down. It was never seen again afterwards and uh, people kind of forgot about it until the show brought it up. So, uh Sucks to do all that work for, for you know, well, I guess a brief moment in the sun, but that was it. Yeah. Uh, well, my number one is the royal family as an entity because okay. they're not getting a raise. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to cut They sold a yacht. That's not cool. Yeah. And this documentary within the kayfabe, even though in real life apparently it was beloved, it was uh, canned and they're they're not praised for what they do. They're They're criticized even further. It's just a bad look for the royal family. Yeah. As a whole. Not, not a good look. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's go up then. Let, let's uh, let's let's see who's looking up. Well, for me, Dave, Princess Anne is having an okay, okay week, I think. It's a good introduction. It's a good introduction. And I think she gets her way by having them introduce Princess Anne and letting people know about the stories that she heard, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and she gets the one a little bit over in Elizabeth saying, like, let's donate a, a painting to help save this convent and stuff. So, kudos to her. Good for her. Okay, well, I got Prince Phil at number three. Okay. Because he does kind of drop the ball. It's his idea for the documentary, but he doesn't have enough of a creative voice to make sure that it turns out well. Mm-hmm. But he does sure. he does lift a burden off of his conscience, coming to terms with the fact that his mother is not some terrible person to him, but a victim. And I think that that's a very big multi-season resolution to something that yeah we've been kind of waiting for. Uh, that's true, and that's why I have him at number two. I, I think oh. it's a good way of putting things at peace for uh, for Phil. This is a good episode for him. I mean, he commissions the documentary. He may have a little bit of egg on his face from his American visit, but I think all in all, this is a this is a good look for Phil. This is g- good for him. Okay. Well, at number two, another great crown red shirt. I got the journalist. What a what a gig. I mean, sure. <laughs> he blows the whistle on the royalty being these boring people, and then. Mm-hmm. When the times are tough and the, the royalty needs a journalist to come make them look better, they call yeah. him in. Come off the bench, journalist. <laughs> Good for that journalist. We don't even bother to learn his name. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's not him. That's not on me. Yeah. It's fair. So, number one, it's Queen Mama for me. Princess Alice? Yes. Okay, she, she, cool, cool. She's not a queen mother. Queen, queen Mama is... Whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. It's another woman. 
But either way, Princess Alice, she's moving on up to the Upper East Side, you know. The Upper East to, Side? Is she, going, is she in Manhattan? Yeah, she's in the the big apartment in the sky. She she moved out of her convent into a freaking palace, and she's the belle of the ball there. Everyone loves her. Uh, she's smoking up a storm in there like it hasn't been since King George. Good for her. Things are working out. She's reconnecting with her son. Think, yeah, she kind of clears her image. She's novel. Mm-hmm. The world is curious about her. Yeah. So... Good for her. Yeah, good episode. Yeah. Uh, wait, who's number one for you? Princess Alice. Oh, okay. So you agreed. Okay. Nice. Maybe All she'll right, be well, back more. Maybe she'll be the new, uh, what's the guy, in this, uh, like Roy on The Simpsons, or the Great Gazoo. She'll just be there from now on. <laughs> Remember me? I'm always here. Yeah. Oh, hey, Roy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alice. I'm just here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's this week in The Crown. A good episode next week episode five season three yeah dave what else has been going on that you've been watching i i, I did it i watched borat too i mean it's it's right there to stream why not and it's short pretty it's pretty good pretty good yeah i mean it's it's not gonna be the first one it, it doesn't have the same spontaneity or excitement but overall pretty good they took a chicken, chicken, you know what, and turned it into Borat too. You know, like they had a real bad deck of cards dealt with the pandemic, and instead of mm-hmm. sort of waiting for the world to reopen, they took full advantage of it and what incorporated the pandemic, incorporated the the presidential election. It was good. It was there were some really funny parts. I will definitely watch it again. Yeah, no, I was a fan. Um. Anything else you watching, man? I mean, this week we the had Eric a, Andre show came back. That that's a good show. That's a little, a little bit wild for our, our fans. <laughs> I I don't know if it's uh if I'd recommend it to our listeners because it's a little outside their wheelhouse. Uh, I watched the, the recent mockumentary that came on Hulu to John Bronco. Mm-hmm. It is bizarre and, and very much on the fringes. If you want to go Eric Andre on the fringes. This is the same wavelength, a little bit random. The same guy who made the Tour de Pharmacy and Seven mm-hmm, Days in Hell on mm-hmm. HBO, except the stars are boy Walton Goggins as a guy who sells Ford trucks, and it's only thirty-five minutes, and it's just bizarre. It is so like it's just the concept doesn't make any sense. It's about a guy who sold Ford trucks, and but Walton Goggins is he's gold and he sells it. All right, I can't recommend it enough to you, Dave. I don't know about our listeners. Well, if you if you were like Borat too, and you're like I could do a little weirder, then yeah, this that, is then, next step weird. Then lean, yeah. yeah. But Dave, there's a pay per view on WWE that was out of control this week. Absolutely, there was no no Rey Mysterio, but yeah, there so was the, the, there, Hell there in was, a Cell. There was <laughs> some no no Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio update per se. I think the wheels mm-hmm. are just turning. I think uh, yeah, Seth is still beating on his whipping boy Mur- Buddy Murphy, and mm-hmm. the Mysterio family are still. You know, questioning their daughter, but the relationship with them, yeah. There was indeed hell in a cell. Yeah. So if you like wrestling, can't recommend that pay per view enough to people. We, if, we're just if, full if of recommendations. Like fa- family drama. <laughs> yeah. Check out check out Roman Reigns, Jay Uso inside the cell. Now that's family drama. Yeah. Roman Reigns is calling himself the tribal chief of his family, uh, and he wants to excommunicate his cousins from the family if they don't recognize him as such. And, uh, oh, and he, we don't know. I, I might have to tune in on Friday. Yeah. I mean, 
was it his family they, they acknowledged him as tribal chief at the pay-per-view his father and his uncle the wild samoans iconic tag team gave him they, a a lay. This is rich. This is general hospital level soap opera right here. Um, oh, but the, I mean, for those that are uh, unaware, Roman Reigns and the Jay Uso, who's his cousin, who they had this match, they're in the same lineage as The Rock. Mm-hmm. So Roman Reigns is sort of this sort of blue chipper, good guy, consummate good guy who just never sort of clicked all the way. But they never made him bad. Yeah. But they made him bad. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a bad dude. Not afraid to hurt his family. Uh, no, he's laying out his cousin with a torn ACL. So if you want more of that soap opera drama, tune in on Fridays to SmackDown on, oh, on Fox. Oh, absolutely! It's gonna because oh, that way you get you get Roman Reigns and you get Rey Mysterio on the same show. Yeah. So uh, that's that, and that's I think our week with the crown and everything. I am so ready to dropkick this phone that I've been recording episodes on into the the sun. Over the weekend, I've had a 6S iPhone for four years now, and the battery was hovering around 13% this entire weekend, no matter how I kept it charged. I was like, I 